you would, please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 4, verses 8 through 16 today. Two years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs faced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, the biggest football game of the year. The first quarter did not go so well, as the Chiefs fell behind 7-3. to three. But as the game progressed, things just got worse and worse for the Chiefs. Penalties plagued the Chiefs' defense. The, the Chiefs' quarterback kept getting knocked down. The, the, the Chiefs kept turning the ball over, and the receivers had some of the worst drops of the season. Things started bad, and instead of getting better, they just got worse. Well, we've been studying the book of Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 3, we saw how everything went bad as mankind disobeyed God and fell into sin. We saw last week that the sins of mankind didn't stop with Adam and Eve. Their, their sin spread to their children, and we began to see their son Cain's sins last week, sins that were far worse than his parents. Cain had failed to properly worship God. He'd offered a, a sacrifice to God, but he did it with a sinful and unbelieving heart. And so his external religious actions were tainted by inner wickedness. God had rebuked Cain for his sin and had warned him that his sin was close to ruling him. And that Cain needed to rule over his sin instead. But as we're going to see today... Cain's sins at the beginning of the story only get worse as the story progresses. Instead of repentance, we see Cain respond with murder, lies, selfishness, and zero remorse. Mankind was not getting any better with the second generation of humans. Humanity was not morally improving Things started bad, and instead of getting better, things got worse. And as we begin to walk through the second half of this story about Cain and Abel, we're going to learn about mankind's extreme wickedness and sin, mankind's inability to hide their sin, God's judgment on sinners and God's mercy on sinners. And through that, we're going to see that this story about Cain, Abel, and God has a lot to say to us today. So please look with me in your Bible at Genesis chapter 4, verses 8 through 16. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? 
The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. The Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Lord God, we thank you for allowing us to dive into your word yet again. And I ask that as we walk through this passage about Cain and and Abel, that you would help us to be warned, that you'd help us to not follow in the example and in the way of Cain, that you'd help us to see the, the consequences for sin and the danger of sin, that you'd help us to to follow you. We do thank you so much for the hope we have in your Son, and in his name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to better follow along today, there's an outline in your bulletin. Today and next week, we're going to walk through five main parts of this passage. The crime in verse 8, the lack of confession in verse 9, the condemnation in verses 10 through 12, the complaint in verses 13 through 14, and the compassion in verses 15 through 16. I was originally planning to do this sermon in, in excuse me, to do this passage in, in one sermon, but last week we moved our Genesis series back to Sunday nights, which is supposed to be a little bit of a shorter sermon. So I decided to break things up a little bit. And I'm glad I did because there, there are so many gold nuggets of truth in this passage. I don't want to skip over any of them by rushing through this. Now, remember last week, we ended with God warning Cain. God had rejected Cain and his sacrifice, but accepted Abel and his sacrifice. And Cain was angry that his younger brother was approved and he had been rejected. God told Cain he needed to fight against his sin and not let it control him. But as we will see, Cain had no interest in fighting his sin. We see that in our first point, the crime, the crime. Genesis 4 verse 8 says, Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Instead of ruling his sin, Cain let sin rule him. Cain completely disregarded God's warning and did the exact opposite of what God said. And notice how evil his sin was. 
Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and then they both went out into the field and Cain killed him. Which implies that Cain told Abel to go out into the field with him. Meaning Cain was setting Abel up. Cain was getting his brother away from the rest of the family and into the field by himself. Cain didn't just fly off the handle and and kill his brother in a fit of rage, no. Cain had been warned by God. Then Cain hatched a plan, told his brother to go into the field, then killed him. This was premeditated murder. And it was not murder of a stranger, but of a family member. Cain murdered his own brother. And the horror of Cain killing his own relative is emphasized throughout our passage as Abel being Cain's brother is mentioned again and again in verses 8 through 11. Six times in four verses It says, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord God said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. This is emphasizing the supreme wickedness of Cain's act as he committed premeditated murder against a member of his own immediate family, a good and faithful family member. Abel was a righteous brother, a man of faith who had been accepted by God. In fact, in 1 John 3.12, it says that Cain murdered Abel because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. And so we see from the very beginning that being a righteous follower of God does not mean that you're going to be protected from all physical harm. Abel was the first believer to be hated and persecuted because of his faith. And if you faithfully follow God, you will eventually face persecution as well. Remember from the scripture we read earlier on in our service, 2 Timothy 3.12, which says, All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. On the other hand, those who reject God, like Cain, will show hatred towards God's people. In fact, please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. As the apostle John uses Cain as an example of what all of us should not be. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. It says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, 
who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Believers are commanded to love their spiritual brothers, their family in the Lord. And when we hate our fellow brothers, we are following in the footsteps of Cain. For John makes it clear that that murder is just an outward expression of hate. So if you hate a believer, you are committing the sin of murder in your heart. Hating followers of God is a really big deal. And if we have unrepentant hate like Cain, it helps reveal who we come from and where we are going. 1 John 3.12 said, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one. Meaning Cain was ultimately a spiritual descendant of the devil. Cain was from Satan. And where are we going if we have unrepentant hatred like Cain? 1 John 3.15 said, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Meaning, if you have unrepentant hatred, you are heading towards eternal death, not eternal life. Part of the reason that the story of Cain is in the Bible is to give all of us an example of how not to be. Cain ignored God's warning, and he gave in to his hate. Cain let sin overpower him and become the tyrannical dictator of his soul. Cain is meant to be a warning to us. But the story of Cain is not over yet. Cain had sinned and had been rebuked and warned by God. Cain had ignored the warning and had committed an even worse sin by murdering his brother. And now God, in his mercy, was going to give Cain another opportunity to repent. Which leads us to our next point. The lack of confession. The lack of confession. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? God had the right to execute Cain on the spot. Cain had sinned. Cain had completely disregarded God's warning and had murdered his own brother. Cain deserved to die. But instead of killing Cain, God asked Cain a question saying, Where is Abel, your brother? Now, God is not asking this question because he doesn't know the answer. 
God is the creator of heaven and earth. God knows all things. And the very next verse reveals that God already knew what Cain had done to Abel. So why did God ask Cain, where is Abel, your brother? God asked Cain for the very same reason God asked Adam and Eve questions after they sinned. In Genesis chapter 3, God asked Adam and Eve questions to give them the opportunity to confess their sin, to acknowledge that they had disobeyed him and to repent. But they did not come clean. They sort of admitted they had disobeyed, but they tried to blame their guilt on others. Well, God was now giving Cain the opportunity to confess. God was showing Cain mercy by giving him the opportunity to acknowledge his sin and to repent of his sin. But sadly, the apple didn't fall very far from the tree. As Cain followed his parents' example by refusing to confess, But what Cain did was far worse than his parents. Cain didn't try to blame someone else for his sin. Instead, he directly lied about it and then disrespected God. When God said, where is Abel your brother? Cain said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Of of course, Cain knew where Abel was. He had just murdered him. And Cain was the first human being to directly lie, which was sinful, but also incredibly stupid, as he chose to lie to the creator of the universe. That was a really bad idea. And not only did Cain sinfully lie to God, but he also decided to get a little cheeky about it, saying, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? Genesis 4.2 had said that Abel was a keeper of sheep. And so Cain is basically saying, am I the keeper of the keeper? Am I supposed to be shepherding the shepherd? God asked where Abel was, and Cain sarcastically implied that he's not responsible for his brother. He is not supposed to keep track of Abel. In essence, Cain is accusing God of asking a dumb question. God had shown Cain a great amount of mercy. Instead of instant death, God had given Cain the chance to confess his sin, but Cain's heart was so hardened by his sin that he was completely unwilling to confess. Instead of admitting his guilt and repenting, Cain lied and displayed disrespect towards the God who was very then showing him Mercy. And the God of Genesis 4 is the same God of today. A God of mercy who right now is giving every single one of us here the opportunity to learn from this text and confess our own sin. God gave Cain the opportunity to repent, and through God's word, he is now giving us 
the opportunity to admit our guilt and turn to Him for forgiveness. If you remember back in Genesis chapter 3, in the middle of God's judgment on the evil serpent, God made a promise. He said in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God promised that the evil serpent who represented Satan, the chief enemy of God and man, the father of sin and death, the devil, God promised that there would be enmity, hostility between the spiritual offspring of Satan and the offspring of the woman. Those who followed Satan and those who, like the woman, had faith in God would have hostility between them. There would be war between the two lines, the two groups of descendants, And that war would climax in a battle between the champions of those two lines. Satan would face the promised offspring of the woman. And while he would do some harm to the offspring, the promised one would crush the head of of Satan. He would defeat him forever. Well, the story of Cain and Abel lets us see the beginning of the war between the spiritual offspring of Satan and the offspring of the woman. We see these two lines meet up in the very first men ever born. Abel, representing the faithful, godly line from the woman, and Cain, representing the spiritual, evil line from Satan. In John chapter 8, Jesus talks about how Satan was a murderer from the beginning and the father of lies. And what human do we see committing the very first murder and lie? Cain. And Cain, one of the many offspring of Satan, showed his hostility towards the line of the woman by murdering Abel. And the suffering that the faithful offspring endure is something that we see throughout the whole Bible. But even though like Cain murdering Abel, it can sometimes seem like the line of Satan is winning, we need to remember the end of the promise. The champion of the evil line, Satan, will be crushed in the end. And the champion of the faithful line, the promised one, he will triumph. And we have seen the beginning of that triumph in the coming of Jesus Christ to earth. Jesus, the Son of God who came and lived a perfect life and sacrificed himself on the cross, dying to pay the penalty for the sins of his people, dying in the place of sinners, and rising from the dead, 
in order to defeat sin and death and to give eternal life to all who would repent and to trust in Him. And that promised one will return to finish His triumph over Satan and all Satan's followers. Murderous Cain, the offspring of Satan, may have done away with righteous Abel, but the faithful offspring of the woman are going to win in the end. The promised one, the merciful God, will triumph. Lord God, we thank you so much for that truth. We thank you that even though we have seen dark days and will see darker days in the future, even though people who follow you, who are faithful, suffer and are persecuted, even though this world is filled with so much sin and death, we know the end of the story. We know that Jesus has triumphed and will triumph. That he has begun the process of completely defeating the evil one. And we know that his victory will be our victory in the end. We thank you so much for that, God. And we thank you that you have given us this warning that we are to follow the way of Abel and not the way of Cain. I ask God that we would heed this warning that we would not follow unrepentantly into sin, that we would not let sin rule us. And God, when we do struggle with sin, that we would be willing to confess our sin, that we would be willing to acknowledge it and to repent of it. We do thank you, God, that you are a forgiving God, that you don't hold us at arm's length, that you are willing to accept us back into your presence, that you are willing to wash us clean, that when we confess and repent, you are willing to forgive. We thank you so much for that, God. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.